Hey, I'm Johnny Prince, and you are now tuned in to PNG File Podcast. Today, I had the ultimate pleasure of sitting and chatting with the wonderful speaker, author, Miss Tibria Morris. Check it out. You know, um, sometimes I may be a little ahead of myself. <laughs> you know, you have an idea, and you say, yeah, I'm going to have this podcast, but I do really well at what I'm doing with, with the little videos. Mm-hmm. You do. Um, what, a podcast? Like, I got to, I got to really sit across from somebody and get into them so mm-hmm. they can mm-hmm. pour out mm-hmm. and really dig in and start to, you know, uh, unbury. Mm-hmm. And unlayer. Yeah, yeah unlayer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I when I thought about it, I was like, because I got this gift um, of really um, touching people, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I know that and I know that um, people, people listen, people listen, people really, you know, even though they act like they don't, mm-hmm. um, this gift that I have uh, allows me to really help people because again I'm not for me right and this whole mission is bigger than me so absolutely I am that's why I created this right because there's 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 some people that that told me that um, I saved their life mm-hmm. and <clears throat> I'm great and I'm a basket in that greatness every single day absolutely that's the way it should be I mean of course you've been an intricate part of my life over the short period of time that we've known each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, some things that I've wanted to do, I'm now doing that I didn't think wow. that would, you know, I've wanted to do it, but didn't know how, didn't know, wasn't equipped for it mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to having what I needed to see the whole full manifestation of it. So, like I said, you, you've played a big role in my life when it comes to the podcast to mm. um just stepping out and doing and feeling good about whatever whatever I create. And and you've been that person to where I can come and say, Hey, give me your thoughts on this and you give me your true mm. genuine thoughts on it and you 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 the source of me getting my money. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I mean, you know, so, yeah. I mean, so you, you've been a very intricate part of my life. So wow. a lot of people, even you, you, you've touched many lives and even if it's with one person, because that one person then yeah. takes what yeah. you've given them to then yeah, bless somebody else. And, right. and tra- tra- yeah, like you said, transfer it to somebody that's else. Right. Yeah. So that's how you are able to touch um, millions of people, even across the seas and yeah. things of that nature. So, yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Let's get into Tibria. Like, who is Tibria? Who is Tibria Morris? Tibria is fun-loving. She's genuine. She is happy. She's loving. Um, she's very transparent mm. with her life, her walk, her, and who she is. Um, she's a speaker, author, um, friend, an auntie, mm. and... Um, I'm a daughter. Mm. I am um, joy. I'm peaceful, humble, sexy, beautiful, kind. And so that's pretty much who I am. But I'm also a creative um, entrepreneur and um, helping, love helping people, mm-hmm. love people, love helping people achieve their greatness and, and truly seeing success. Because I feel like if I can help one person win, I've won. Mm. And as long as they're winning, I'm winning. And that's just the way I am. That's the way I'm built. I just, I just want to see people truly, genuinely, genuinely function in mm-hmm. the purpose, what they've been called to do. And if they don't know how, I want to help them. I want to help them. Do you know your purpose? I do. What is it? My purpose is to pretty much encourage, motivate, and uplift and to help other people find their confidence in who they are authentically. Because mm. mm. a lot of people don't know how to be authentically them because they've been told 
um, by society, how to look, how to be. Mm. And they have to act this way to get what they want or they have to dress this way to get what they want. And I beg to differ. You mm. being the um, trendsetter, you be the trendsetter mm-hmm. and you set the trends and for somebody else to follow, whether it be your little nieces, your cousins, your children, whatever, um, to be the trendsetter. And mm. that's what I want to be. I want to, I want to be the trendsetter for for confidence. Um, mm. Whether you're skinny, whether you're full figure like me, or whether you feel like, you know, you don't have any edges. So, you know, that type of thing. Still be confident who you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, whether you have to rock a weave or you're natural, just be confident in knowing that whatever room you walk into, you're supposed to be there. When were you last not confident? I was last not confident in 2014, 15. Mm-hmm. And that was because of my weight. Mm-hmm. And and I didn't like the way I looked. I didn't like the way I felt. Um, and so that was my last time feeling confident after I had my weight loss surgery. And I began to lose weight, dropped 115 pounds. And then I seen my confidence go to another level because mm-hmm. I truly began to see what I didn't see behind um, the obesity. Yes, people have told me that I was pretty, whatever, but I didn't see it and I didn't feel it. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until I gained control of my health and my weight that I was like, oh, you, know, you pretty girl, you know, you, mm-hmm. you cute. You, no, you ain't cute. You just, you beautiful. And mm-hmm. so I learned how to look at myself and be okay with me um, no matter what. Did you, um, you had surgery? Yes. Weight loss surgery? Yes. Um, so you dropped the weight, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And you gained some back. I did. Were you still confident? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. Okay. I was. It was a 20-pound um, weight gain. Okay. And I was still able. I wasn't 400 pounds versus being 270, 280, or really 270. Because I had gotten down to like 240, 240. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like right now I'm rocking 270, 269. Okay. And so I'm like, okay, I'm, I still love me. I'm still confident when I walk into a room because I know that they're going to experience the me that I've always longed to be. Mm. And so that's what they're going to get. That's the experience that they're going to walk away with meeting the real me um, and being able to um, like I put on um, to be hot. Mm. Hot means honest, open, transparent. Wow. At any, at all, all, at all times. Be hot. Yes, I gotta be hot. At all times. At all times. <laughs> I love it. It's important to be hot. It is. It is. It's important to be hot. Now, is your brand? Um, well, let's talk about your brand, your companies. What, what companies okay. do you have right now? Right now, I have Terry Morris Media mm-hmm. LLC, which is um, which my books are pretty much under my brand. Um, I have two books. Okay. Also, my podcast is under my media company. Okay. And also, um, my coaching, which I'm getting ready to, to get certified, be certified in coach. Yes, I know. I'm, I'm excited. I gotta get. I gotta get my whole life together and really get into the curriculum and get to get that get that thing going. Because mm-hmm. I had said I didn't want to do that because it was. I felt like it was oversaturated. I'm mm-hmm. like everybody wants to be a coach. What What would make me stand out and be different yeah. from everybody else? And so, when you have a lot of people coming to you. Um, and then some people who don't come to you, but then you're drawn to certain people to help them in some area, some form, fashion, like, well, yeah, you're coaching. And so with um, my new course program that I'm getting ready to launch, Emerge Her Confidence, nice. is going to help women to um, emerge their confidence in whatever area that they may be lacking confidence in, whether it's confidence in relationships, mm-hmm. whether it's confidence in career, whether it's confidence in their finances, confidence in their spirituality, all of that. The the whole woman, the whole woman total. Um, because I think that there's some areas in our lives that we're not confident in. Mm. 
And that then prevents us from really going in fully yeah. with manifesting what we really want sure. because we don't have the confidence that we can obtain it. Yeah. What makes you different uh, than um, society, than everybody else? The ability to be a feminine woman. Mm. Um, because my mom, I having a conversation with her and she pretty much telling me that I don't know how to be feminine. I, I know I got masculine energy and and I look and I was like, you know, yeah, you do. And my baby sister does too. And so I just, I just, I've seen so much when it comes to how women are that I knew I, I wanted to be different. Mm. Um, not only that, I know, I know my creator wired me different. Like I've just, I'm just wired differently. Um, have always been. I am so trustworthy, so trusting. I'm going to put it that way. I'm so trusting and I tend to trust easily. Um, now it's a little bit different. I'm going to say back then. I used to trust very easily, just trust everybody. Mm. And so now I know that everybody can't be trusted. Um, you really true to pretty have pretty much have to um, vet so I say what makes me different is, is the femininity part, the soft okay. um, part of me. I like to give everybody an opportunity, second chance of mm. proving themselves and know that everybody deserves a second chance. Mm. Everybody deserves um, the, they deserve an opportunity to prove who, who they truly are at the core. And because sometimes you, you don't meet the full person, you meet the representative. Mm. So you have to get down into the crypts and crevices to yeah. find that, find out who they truly are. Um, but that's, I think that's what makes me different. Okay. Um, single. Yes, I'm single. I'm currently single. How's dating for you? Oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> How's dating for me? I'm, I'm trying to date. Um, to be honest with you, I really never really dated until my ex-husband. He was the first man that ever dated me. Okay. Um, and then after that, didn't date no more. I haven't dated in five years. Well, I went on my first two dates mm, this week. Mm. And um, they, went, they, they were not well for me. So I'm like, okay, I don't know if I want to hang this dating thing up and just, just ride it out. Mm. <laughs> but I do want love. I do. I do want to experience True love. Um, I do want to get married again. Um, I'm not too um, with kids. I don't have any children. I have nieces and nephews. I love loving on other people's babies, but I don't think my life is designed for children. Okay. Um, I love on other people. So you know, other people's children. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm a god <laughs> mommy. I'm an no auntie. Doubt. Yeah, I'm I'm good in that department. But um, let's go. Let's go back. Um, let's go back when you was a little girl. Five, six, seven year old. Okay. Um, how were you growing up? How how was who was that girl growing up? She was lonely. Mm. She was she didn't feel loved. Um she at seven? Mm -hmm. Eight, nine, running? Second grade, third grade? Second grade, third grade was, you know, I had, I had friends. I actually, I failed the third grade. Mm. So, um, I didn't feel smart. I didn't feel pretty because I was overweight. I was an overweight child mm. and, um, I was never told I was pretty. Never told I was, um, smart. Um, so the little girl, me, um, she went through some things. Mm. Um, she went through some things and mm. um, she didn't feel, like I said, she didn't feel loved and barely heard her mom say, I love you. Um, definitely didn't have her biological father mm -hmm. in her life. Um, was promised things from her biological father, but it never showed up. And so, even though I had a stepfather, even then, when you have some dysfunction, it was a dysfunctional home for a certain 
for a certain period of time. It wasn't until we got adult or like really in the last year or two mm. that the dysfunction has been minimized. And my parents mm. have been married 30, 35 years, 35, 36 years mm. now. And so, but yeah, the little girl me, yeah. School was good. I mean, even though I, I mean, school was okay. I got picked on a lot because I was mm-hmm. overweight. I did have a friend. Um, she, she and I, I had a couple of friends in high school, you know, um, in middle school, in elementary. Those were the, those were the years because, you know, people crack on me. I crack back. I, I do got a jazzy mouth. I can't say mm-hmm. that. So I was, you know, guys try to crack on me. I, I'm I'm quick on my you mind. Quick? Okay. I'm quick. Okay. I'm quick. I come back quick. <laughs> I, my comeback, my comeback game come strong. Crazy. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. So so you graduate high school. Yep. Um, not feeling loved. Mm-hmm. Your biological father's not there. Right. Let's expound on his absence. Like why why you feel he wasn't there? Why, why wasn't he there? Drugs. Um, he was on drugs really, really heavy. Um, and I think, well, my mom had me when she was 15 and mm. my biological father was 19. Mm. And so drugs had him, um, really bad, like really bad. And I think he spent some time in jail. Mm. And so after he got out, got clean, he moved to Atlanta and he still was not involved in my life. And it wasn't until I was 30, 31, 32, that he, that he was pretty much trying to make it right. Um, so he's been clean. Yeah, he's been clean for, I think he's been clean for 10, 13 years now, maybe. Okay. 10 years, 9, 10 years, okay. maybe. Okay. Yeah, so he's been clean for a while. He, um, he moved to Atlanta, came here to Atlanta. And been straight ever since. So okay, so your mother married her husband, your stepfather. My mom married my stepfather. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, at what age were you when they got married? I was when they they were dating when I was two. So I think when they got married, I okay. may have been five or six. Maybe. Okay, I may I may have been. I think I'm, I don't know. I, I can't remember how old I was when mm-hmm. they got married. Um, okay. All right. Well, how were y'all relationship growing up? Well, we didn't have one. I mean, he was just he took care of the house, and mm-hmm. I didn't have like a man to teach me about a man or how mm-hmm. to about dating. About my my mom didn't even teach us about dating. It, I mean, I had I had to learn. I learned about men through TV, basically. I mean, mm. just watching TV. I learned about dating and and boys and men, and you know, it it was not a taught thing. My my father mm. never taught me that this is what a man. This is how a man is supposed to treat you because I seen him treat my mom totally opposite of what I now know how a man is supposed to handle a woman. Mm. So you know. Granted, everybody has their road to Damascus, and my dad did. I mean, you know, he, my dad was out there. Um, he drunk heavily um, and cheated on my mom a few times, mm. um, got two children at the process, in the process. And so that's what I've seen a man. And so that's how I say, that's how I know a cheater. Mm. I, I, I watch the patterns of, mm. of him. And the things he done and things, how he moved. And and my mom would talk to us as my mom really didn't have friends. And so oftentimes, you know, she would talk to us, but it wasn't, it wasn't, we just saw everything. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's what it was. We saw everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We saw it all. Mm. So nothing was Nothing was hidden from us. Nothing was kept away from us because mm. we saw it all. It was it was just like yeah, this is what it is. Did you so? Okay, so let's go back to you graduated um, mm-hmm. high school. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't really know love. No, really. No. Um, did you go to your prom? 
I did not go to my junior prom. I went to my senior prom, but it wasn't with a guy. It was with my cousin. She, okay. um, at the time, I didn't have my license, didn't know how to drive. Mm-hmm. Um, my cousin did. My uncle let us use his his Jeep. Um, oh, yeah. It was at the time the the, the tires, you know, the tires with it, they that they had, um, or they kind of set out from the car. Okay, the wide, yeah, yeah, right. the, yeah. So he had some okay. of those on the Jeep. So you know, we we just thought we was doing it then. <laughs> <laughs> so she was able to use the Jeep, and um, I went. I asked a guy to the prom that year, and I was told that he wasn't going. He said, "I'm not going." So then, when the prom came get to Red Lobster where we're all our friends and everybody's eating at. Mm-hmm. He's there with an underclassman. And the underclassman happens to be my sister's best friend. Wow. And I was like, I thought you weren't coming. So and but then we get there, he's talking to me the whole night. Like so, like you didn't want to go with me. But um I did go to my junior my senior prom, which was cool. Which is cool. Okay. But so still, you had no no um like boyfriends. No, never had it. My first boyfriend was my ex husband. Okay, so before that, you graduated high school. Did you go to college? Yes. Okay, I did. I went straight to college. I came here to Atlanta. Um, where was you from? Huh? Where where you from? I'm from Rome, Georgia. Rome, Georgia. Yes, Rome, Georgia. Okay. The woods. <laughs> People think it's the woods, but yeah, it's it's a small town outside of Atlanta, north okay. of Atlanta. So, yeah. yeah. Outside, you mean like an hour and a half like, away? Yeah, like an hour and a half away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So you go to you go to college. Yeah. Um, got a degree. I didn't graduate from there. You didn't graduate uh, from no, there. No, I didn't. I um. I was on academic probation. Okay. And I didn't go back. Um, at the time, my dad and my mom split up. Mm-hmm. My mom got an apartment. So I said, okay. I knew my mom really financially, she couldn't mm-hmm. swing that by herself. So I said, okay, I'll just stay back, help her, and I'll go to a technical college here. And that's what I did. I went to a technical college there and got some certificates. And um, after that, um, I did DeVry for a while, got couldn't do that, and landed a full-time job, which is the job I'm at okay. now. And so that's how that You've all... You've been here like that, 40 years, right? <laughs> it feels like it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there 70... Well, it's going on 18... It'll be 18... It'll be 18 years in May. 18 years. 18 years, yes. Mm. Yes. But I did graduate college. I did eventually graduate college from okay. Ashford University. I graduated from there in nineteen. I mean, two thousand and eighteen. Okay, two thousand eighteen. Okay, congratulations. Thank you. That's what's that up. was a hard, long journey, but I made it. So, your whole adulthood. Um, is it fair to say that you uh, struggle with love, loving yourself? Yes. Because of your weight. Yes. Um, just to talk about like that, like, you know, times where, um, were you ever depressed? Were you ever really at a low where you didn't even yeah. want to exist? Mm-hmm. I, 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 I was going to commit suicide at one mm-hmm. point because I, I was like, why am I here? <laughs> I'm like, I just really take overdose and just check out of here. Cause I just, didn't feel like I had a purpose. I didn't feel like I had a reason for being here. I just, I didn't know who I was. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I wanted love and I, and I went searching for it in the wrong manner. And, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of that stems from not again, going back to not having a man very present in my life to show me how to navigate that. Mm. Um, so I went out on my own trying to figure figure that thing out mm. and just ran into a lot of stuff. Ran into a lot of stuff. Yeah. You get married? Mm-hmm. Yes. Cause, so this is your first time really experiencing love. Mm-hmm. Um, at what age was that? 30s. In your thirties, right? In my thirties. So you fell in love, head over heels. Yeah, you fell in love. At least you thought he did. I thought I thought I was in love. Okay, you thought I you thought, were in love. Yeah, I thought okay. I was in love. Yeah. Um, so how was that feeling? 
I, that feeling felt so good because I've really felt like I had somebody that was really, that really desired me just as much as I desired them. And that I thought that was my forever. I was like, mm. because I had, I had already said I was, my first marriage was going to be my last marriage. Mm. Like I just, that was it for me um, because I wanted to break the cycle of being married multiple times, which is mm-hmm. what the cycle is in, in mm-hmm. my, in my family is mm. women are, have been married multi, more than one time. And I was like, I, I didn't want, I didn't want that story. And so, um, yeah, I thought I was in, I thought it was, I thought it was my forever. When you got met, when you met him, mm-hmm. um, you weren't confident. I was for a certain. I was because I, because I had dropped a little weight by myself then, mm-hmm. and I was I was confident for the most part. Okay. But I think what happened was when we got together, I got very comfortable. Like okay. I was like, I gained that what they say that love weight yeah. I gained that love weight and so that took me back to a space but well he still loved me regardless no matter what he said he was so he said when we went to prenatal counseling that that he was very physically attracted to me but um a part of me believed it but then a part of me didn't mm. um Again, I guess because I didn't truly love myself mm. fully. You know, I did, but I didn't. I thought I did, but I didn't. And, you know, he didn't love himself either. I mean, you know, when I asked him, like, do you love yourself? And he said, do you really didn't know he didn't really love himself? So I'm like, here we are with two people. And I'm, and I'm telling him, well, I, how, how do you expect me to love you if you don't love yourself? Mm. And I'm thinking I love, I at the point, I did love myself. Um, and... But in actuality, here two broken people were mm. not really. I'm not going to say broken. I'm going to say bruised. Two, okay. two bruised people were um, trying to what figure out you, how to love themselves and love each other at the same time. What made you bruised and not broken? Um, I, I, what, what really gave me that whole notion was here recently. Um, a girl that um, an event I went to, and she said that. The creator never breaks. The creator didn't break anything that's broken, and it didn't create anything that's broken. And that we can be bruised, but we can't be broken. Mm. Because if you can be broken, a lot of stuff that's broken can't be repaired. It can't be fixed. Some can, some can't. But if you try to fix it back, it's never going to be back to its original state. Mm. But if you're bruised, you can heal, mm. and it becomes back into its original state. Just mm. like if you break a leg and arm. It's fractured, but give it some time in a cast, and it's going to heal itself back in, into its original state. When you're broken, you never fully put back into its, into your original state. So, so maybe it's a great idea to get rid of the ideology of being of saying that you're broken. True. Yeah, you can. I mean, for me, I, I don't. If I was broken, I wouldn't be able to be right now sitting here saying that I'm ready for love. If okay. I was, if I was truly broken, if 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 I because a person that that I feel like if they're broken, it, it goes back to my analogy. How would they really be put back together again to the point to where they have that ability to function like they were before they got broken? And so that that's my perspective of it. Mm. That's my perspective of it. I was bruised. My heart was bruised. Um, my feelings was bruised. Uh, everything prior to him. And I'm thinking that I'm good. I'm good. I'm whole. I'm, and really, I wasn't. There were some, still some things that I needed to deal with, that I needed to uproot from childhood hurts, from all of that that I didn't even deal with before I even got mm. with him. And then the thing about it is I didn't give myself enough time to really see, to fully see who he, I knew I wasn't supposed to marry him, but because I wanted that love, I wanted a husband that bad that I just settled. 
I said, he was the only, he was the only train coming through the model station and I jumped on it. Not knowing that there's other trains that come through the station that mm. will come through the station. But I chose to jump on the first train that came through. So because, <clears throat> because you, um, had some inner, inner, some, some things buried. Yes. That you didn't deal with. Yes. Um, caused you to be bruised. Yeah. And I felt it. I've, I felt it. I You talk about the, that. Talk about that. Talk about talk about the feeling of buriedness. Is that a word? Like yeah. talk, talk about that that feeling of being filled with with trauma, with childhood issues. Mm-hmm. You know, like that that feeling. What, what what how is that? Describe that. It's a it's one that you know is there, that you need, that you know is there, but you refuse to deal with it because of whatever reason that you don't, because it brings, it takes you to a space that you don't really want to go back into um, because you think you're fully over it, but then going back into it causes you to have to address your role and mm. their role mm-hmm. and and a whole lot of stuff why you didn't say anything why didn't you why did you allow this to take place um and it goes back to that you didn't know what well, I'm going to say for me I didn't know I had a voice as a child and mm. when you're told you talk too much and to be quiet all the time and to to really not talk. So I just didn't talk. I mean, you know, it's just, it's just, but going back to the feeling, I knew that I wasn't supposed to marry him. There was a feeling that kept saying, no, mm -mm." but I, I I dismissed it because I wanted what I never had. He was, he was something I never had. And so, Are, do you find yourself still unpacking today? Unpacking? Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Because I dealt with it. I dealt with it after our divorce. Um, I'm talking about childhood. I'm talking about in general. Child- in general. In are you like? Are you unpacked? Are you? Is there anything buried? No, nothing. Everything, everything has been, has been addressed. <laughs> everything and, has been addressed. Everything has been um touched on everything has healed everything when I can say I can honestly say that I am whole that mm. nothing mentally in that um in that whole thing and childhood hurts all of that all of that is done with um how does it feel to be whole what's that feeling can you describe it it feels it feels so light. It feels there's a sense of freedom that it's like Maya Angelou's poem, um, "While the Cage Bird Sings," mm. and when when that bird is actually released and freed, and they're able to actually move um, without any apprehension, without any fear. Um, it's it's a feeling that's undescribable mm. when when you know that you are totally healed from everything because you begin to see your everything your life was going to entail futuristically you begin to see it how it was how it plays playing out now for me I'm catching up to things that has already been predestined for me. I'm living that now, which those things were there happened to derail me from seeing it. Mm. I could have went several different ways. I could have been, and I question myself sometimes, how am I not mentally off? How am I not, Mm. how am I not, how was I not mentally really, really, really affected by a lot of stuff? How was I, not how am I not in a psychiatric ward? How am I not on several different medicines? And you know well, how are you not? Huh? How are you not? How am I not? For me, I wanna say it's is my my spiritual walk, my spiritual connection, um 
that's why I feel like that's what kept me balanced. And then I'm not going to say kept me balanced because there was a period in time where I did have to go into a space of finding out who I am Mm. and why I was exhibiting these certain behaviors Mm -hmm. and where did they come from? Um, And so once I found out where those behaviors were triggered from, where they come from, Mm -hmm. I dealt with that thing. And so I had to understand that I was not properly balanced. I had to get realigned myself mentally, Mm -hmm. realign myself spiritually, and just get in tune with me and go within. I had to go within and really, again, assess some things and truly, truly make sure that I dug up everything. Mm -hmm. Because the moment you leave anything there left for to try to come and attack your purpose, try to derail anything that you're wanting, your desires or what you're trying to manifest, mm-hmm. you got to make sure you fully unpack that because mm. it will, it will either you do it then now, or you're going to eventually have to do it later on. Mm-hmm. So why have something come and interrupt, interrupt, interrupt your destiny? What made you begin to unpack? A friend of mine, a good mentor. He he came into my life at a pivotal at a pivotal pivotal time when I had just gotten out of my just marriage, just got gone. Um, when we divorced, I knew that that was a hurtful thing for me. That was a thing that if it wasn't for the surgery, I would have reverted back to eating. I would have gained a, a lot, a, mm-hmm. an enormous amount of weight because I'm I'm an emotional eater. And so or I was an emotional eater. So he came into my life to let me know, no, nope, you're imbalanced. You need to go within and you need to look and find <laughs> you need to unpack that ish. Mm. And you need to, you need to go in and you need to deal with it. Mm. And, he, and he said, don't just deal with it from the surface. Deal with it. And I did. I, I, I really did. And that took me on a journey of actually studying other things outside of my culture, outside of my belief system, and really letting me see that there's more to what I've been taught. So I journeyed out to that, and journeying out to that brought me back to journeying into me and really mm. now journeying my life the way it was so supposed to be supposed to be done my journey now is a journey of seizing every day and seeing the things in life that I'm supposed to have and meeting the people that I'm supposed to meet mm-hmm. and helping the people that I'm supposed to help. Mm-hmm. So my life journey now is, I truly see that my life is not for me. It's not about me. It's about my legacy. It's about something way bigger and greater than myself. Mm. When um, when you were filled with childhood trauma mm-hmm. and everything else, um. You had to go out there and still live. You had to go and mm-hmm. work and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so you had to function. What were some of the things that you had to do to help you cope and function and hide? I that? hid my smile. I hid, you know, when I went out, outside in public, I... Because there I was, was hiding. When, yeah, when there you, was, when there you, was a lot of hiding. You had things buried. Uh-huh. You know, there was a lot of hiding. Yeah, that, right. you seen the smile. But um, there's a chapter in my book called Silent Tears. Silent mm-hmm. cries, excuse me, silent cries. And yeah, you see me smiling, but silently I'm crying. Mm-hmm. Or and I'm going home and there was before this is before I dealt with it. Um going home and just doing this having this pity party was me. I can't find love. I want somebody. I'm never gonna have anybody and just things of that nature and, and just I never rehearsed the childhood things. That that never was ever rehearsed mentally. Mm. Um, again, like I said, I 
don't know how I'm wired. I don't know why I'm wired like I am, but I think it's because I'm going to need, I, the strength that I have, I'm going to need to really pour that same strength into somebody else who mm. was, was greater impacted by a situation like that mm. than myself. Mm. Um, yes, it was, a, it, yes, it was something that impacted my life, but I don't know why I'm wired like I am. I didn't fully, I didn't do this whole crying thing, this whole, I didn't, I wasn't affected harshly like some women are. And I don't know why. I don't, I, I really don't know. I, I I just know that for my prayer life and, and my meditation and all of that, I think that's what played a big part mm-hmm. in me remaining sane. Mm. Okay. Me remaining uh, a a person of good morals, good good character, good integrity, and then just kept me sane to not for me not to go off on the deep end. What was the craziest thing you've ever done during that time of? Okay, we've been transparent here. Um, <laughs> the craziest thing I've done during that time. I mean, you know, I had started to be honest with you, I started. I started sleeping with men for no reason. Just don't know why. Mm. Was sleeping with men, just giving my body over to men. Didn't know why, you know. Just and I would it it would be it would be I see him, wouldn't see him again. Maybe I seen him again. Maybe I didn't. Mm. I got to a point to where I thought I was I was like going back into me looking for love in all the wrong places, mm. and that's that's what I done. I mean, you know, I would just I I went into that state. And then that that's where I said that's where it comes when I said that I had to go and assess behaviors. Mm. That was a behavior that I had to see. Where did this come from? Why is this behavior? Why is this a part of my behavior when I know this is mm. not right morally? I know this is not right for my body, my temple. But why am I? Why am I doing this? What what is causing me to 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 give my body, to give my sanctuary, to give my my temple? To these men who they don't care, mm. they didn't care. So that's when I said, like I said, I had to go back and assess my behaviors. Where was these behaviors coming from? And I want to say that's that's how it impacted me. Mm. That's how it didn't like most women have mental issues. It impacted me when it comes to the sexual world. Mm. When it become when it came into. Um, being promiscuous that's that's how it affected me what do you feel are signs of someone that has the mask on mm-hmm. and um that needs unpacking are there signs that you feel that when, are there? when they're uncomfortable being who they really are because i think when you when you have a mask on you're comfortable with just showing but when that mask is off you don't know. You don't know how to function in truly who you who you truly are. You the mask is only there. The mask is there to help to help you be able to be the person that you mentally want to be. Mm. But as soon as the mask is off, it challenges you to it challenges you to allow people to see you, right, and not see. Shaquita, Shaquanda, whoever mm-hmm. it, it, you're, you're not, you're not showing them your alter ego. Mm. You're able to really show them the full essence of you and be okay with it. So the moment that you get, um, I want to say not uncomfortable, get comfortable with wearing the mask. That's when you need to really say, okay, it's time to take the mask off because this is this is beginning to be too comfortable, mm. and like. I know it took me to get uncomfortable mm-hmm. in order for me to make changes. And what made you uncomfortable? Um, I guess for me and my belief system, I want to say it was just it was more so of living a double life, mm. not not being true to, you know. I'm saying I'm one. I'm saying I'm this one on one day of the week mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the rest of the week I'm not and it's like and then I got nieces and nephews mm. 
I can't I can't live any kind of way and and try to teach them one thing to I can't I can't be out here teaching women about X Y Z and I'm living a I'm living a double shady life mm. and to me that made me feel really uncomfortable to the point like you know I can't I can't live like this I can't do this if I'm gonna be one hundred I'm mm. gonna be I'm gonna be one hundred mm-hmm. I can't I can't be I can't give I want to give everything I want to I want to die empty and I can't die empty being fake and phony and putting up a facade I can't because if that if that happens then everything that I'm supposed to do everything that I've been called here to do goes to the grave with me Mm -hmm. and no one truly gets to be impacted the way they're supposed to be when I leave here wow that's profound when you die you should be empty Mm mm-hmm Nothing should go to the grave with you. Nothing besides your body. A lot of people are not, they're going full, filled with mm-hmm. traumas and hurts mm-hmm. and pains. Mm-hmm. Because of fear. Because of fear. Fear fear, fear of fear of addressing it. Mm. Fear of society. Fear of how family is going to treat you. Fear of what people are going to say. It's because of fear. And fear of, fear of the uncomfortableness that it's going to cause. Because they don't want, they don't want nothing shaking up their inner world. Because when your inner world is shaken up, it just it makes you feel some type of way. It makes you feel, it makes you feel uncovered. Mm. And I think with me, um, for me, it's it's important for me. That's why it's important for me to have a covering, to have somebody to cover me. Um, when it comes to when I do have emotional states where I got where I where I am inwardly, there's some things going on. OK, maybe not with anything of the past, but maybe some things, it was some insecurities about myself mm-hmm. or or some a little small doubt about something that I desire to do. So I think it all goes back to fear, fear, fear of addressing it. Because of what it's going to potentially cause. Not looking at it, not looking at it that it will create wholeness. It's going to create so much more um, greater than it is mm-hmm. negatively. It's not going to impact you negatively. Was there a time, was there a time uh, in your young adult or even you know right before you started to unpack that you thought you were good, that you you know you mm-hmm. are right, that you 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 functioning, you ain't nothing wrong mm-hmm. with you, mm-hmm. that you weren't you weren't doing anything. I did. I I thought I was. I'm good. I'm I'm fairly good. And is it At was. At what point did you say I'm not good? There was two times that I said that. Um, I think I was in my twenties. I don't know how long. I went on a trip. I was in this network marketing thing and I went on this trip with um, some good friends of mine and and we went in the hotel room. I I, I broke and, and I had to really deal with the childhood stuff. Mm. But I didn't deal, the thing about it is I didn't deal with it fully. And then, so then I had to deal with the childhood things what about, was it last year? Last year, the year before last, about a year or two ago. And it wasn't childhood. It was, this was the childhood things but on top of other things that I had to really deal with. Mm-hmm. And so that took me there too. But so it's been twice that I've had, that I was could say that I was not good. Twice I did. So your childhood, um, what happened in your childhood? You care not to. It's okay. Um, let's just say that I was, my innocence was taken from me. Okay. Okay. And so, um, that's pretty much what happened to okay. my childhood. Okay. So. So you never really unpacked you, you. Okay. So you was holding on to that until like after the marriage. After the marriage. Or recently. No. No. I, Is that I, something I, I you really say, can unpack though? Is that something? It's not something you can unpack. It's because it's an event that happened mm-hmm. that 
it's cut dry. I mean, it's really it's, it's if only thing is unpacking it is 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 addressing it head on. I mean, it's not nothing mm-hmm. to unpack. Right, it's right, something right. that needs to be addressed, recognized. Yes, yes, and um, so that's that that's that's pretty much okay. Yeah, yeah. So you addressed it. Yeah, addressed um, it, and you're moving forward. Yes, because that, like I said, that that was the that was the main thing that caused the um, behaviors of of promiscuous. Promiscuous. Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay. So I had I had to. It, I couldn't just address that address the promiscuous without addressing where it came from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that's that's like with anything. Like if you go through any childhood traumas of that nature, and you find yourself doing things that is, you know, that's more not right, and you know, and you feel like you know like, this is not right, then that's when you need to go back and say, okay, where's this coming from? Mm. Where is this spirit? Where is this whatever? Where is it? What is? Where is the underlining of this coming from? Mm. And trace it back. And that's what I did. I had I had to trace it back um, to that. Were you able to address the abuser? Well, um, to address them, I mean, you know, they they have been spoken to. Okay. They've been spoken to. Well, that's what I meant. Yeah, they've been spoken to. Yeah, they've been spoken. Yes. By you? By yes, by me. Okay. Okay. Yes, by me, okay. um, and being that this this is, I'm not going to really go too much okay. in depth with okay. it, but yes, okay. yes, and and um, there there is a level of forgiveness which was done, mm. which was done to bring about the healing, not just for me, but for them too, because it was we were all, it wasn't by an adult. You're looking at somebody who was a who was a teenager who didn't know anything about that in the first place, mm-hmm. um, who um, was a teenager himself, mm. and so that and so and you know I have people who who've questioned like, well, again, he was a teenager, he wasn't a grown man, mm-hmm. he was a teenager, and you know, kids, teenagers, we. It, it, you don't know. I mean, you know, it is. Does it make it different? Uh, no, it doesn't make a difference because it doesn't make it right. Um, but I feel like the level of the under, I want to say the, the understanding of where it came from. Um, I'm not going to say where it came from. But the understanding of just Looking at the age, looking at they were a child mm-hmm. too, and do you have mostly relationship today? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, forgiveness was asked for. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness was given, and um, you know, we're all grown now. I don't have any children, but they have children. Mm-hmm. They have a great relationship, great marriage, whatever. So I think it's it goes back into the story of redemption. And, and you know, just I know that I had to forgive. I forgave. And does it make it right what happened? No, it doesn't make it right. But again... The person asked for forgiveness, and because they were like, "I'm, I was young, I was a kid, just mm-hmm. I didn't know. No one talked to him about um, what that was and what it what it was and what it could cause. Because this was an era, this was a time where stuff like this happened, and it was it was what it was. Mm. It wasn't talked about, so mm. or and it wasn't told. Definitely wasn't told. So, but you know, were there any other abuse as an adult that was given to you? Um, 
I have been in a um, verbal abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. I'm going to call it a relationship, a situationship. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Verbal abuse and um, controlling. Mm. That's what I've experienced adult wise. Other than that, no other abuse. Never been hit on by no man because I let them know my daddy's two french fries short from Happy Meal. (laughs) (laughs) And my mama is too. And my baby sisters, my sisters are too. Two french fries short of a Happy Meal. I'm serious. Hey, let me tell you something. (laughs) I'm like that with my nieces, man. I'm the same way. I'm, right. We'll we'll okay. we'll glad we'll gladly do, let we'll yeah. gladly break, put yeah. my they will gladly put their wrists out for them to come yeah, on. Come get me, so, yeah, because yeah, I've it. already I've already I've already sent him home to meet to meet meet his maker. So um, I, I definitely let me know that my 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 dad's don't my dad don't play when it comes to his girls okay. um, um, and a man abusing them. Um, he just that just not gonna happen with him so after you've married and divorced mm-hmm. uh you've began the healing process mm-hmm. after the divorce mm-hmm. um and you said that you had your only real image or uh, knowledge of a good man came from tv and other relationships my, my pastor my my pastor at the time and even though you know you don't know what's going on in other people's home but mm-hmm. Just seeing that and how he took his daughters out on dates so okay. that his daughters could know yeah. how a man should treat them. It's like, that's what I would always, I always long for that. Like, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, that's, that's where I got it from. Where, where I've, I guess where I kind of created this fantasy world mm-hmm. in my head of how relationships should go mm. and how, um, how I wanted my relationship to look like. And so I, I think a lot of women do that. They they mm-hmm. look at media and they they fantasize and they create this whole unrealistic relationship. And then when they do meet someone, they try to make that relationship what they have created in their right. minds. Yeah. And that's yeah. not how it works. Yeah. It's not how it was. So here you are now. Here I am now. 30 beautiful something. Or 40 beautiful I'm something. 42. 42? I'm 42. Well, I wasn't even going to say nothing, but hey, 42 years young. 42 years young. So here you are, 42 years beautiful. Um, a lot of lessons. Um, a lot of overcoming. Mm-hmm. A lot of trials, a lot of growth. Absolutely. Um, how proud of you of this woman today? If I could give her the highest medal of honor, I would. Mm. I am proud of her because she took back her voice from the things that tried to steal it from her. And um, she stepped into her own and created boundaries and have learned how to teach people how to handle her mm. and how to treat her and how she liked to be treated, how she liked to be handled. And if they can't handle her that handle her that way, then we're just going to have to cut ties. Um, I've, I've been more, I've come to a person point to where I'm very outspoken and to speak my mind, but do it in love. Mm. Um, but I'm very proud of Tibby Sheree Morris and where she's come from mm. and where she's going. Um, What's your biggest lesson you learned in life? My biggest lesson I learned in life is to be patient and take your time. Mm. Be patient and take your time. Um, not everything happens overnight. Um, patience is the biggest thing. My biggest lesson is to be patient. 
For you, what is it about? The destination or the journey? I got this mantra that I say that life is not a life is not a destination. It is a journey. Because you will forever be journeying. I can't get my tongue tied. Mm -hmm. You definitely will be always be on a journey. Um, whether you're on the journey of growing, developing, um, becoming, because whatever state that you're in now mm -hmm. is not the state that you're supposed to be remaining remain mm -hmm. in because we should be growing and becoming every day to to we reach um, the ultimate goal of perfection. I mean, we will never be perfect, but perfection is our goal. And as we work on it every day, the, the journey, the journey can be easy or hard based upon your choices that you make. And, and that's one big life lesson that I've mm. learned, that everything in my life that has happened was based off of my decisions okay. and, and how I decided. And then when I didn't decide, I still decided. In the journey, do you believe that there are levels? There, are there are there plateaus you need to be reaching? Things, things you goals you need to be setting. Take your time mm -hmm. because some people believe you, know, you have your whole life. Hey, listen. But then again, it's short. So, should there be levels? Should there be goals that you should be reaching within your journey instead of just existing, instead of just floating? I think so. I think you should set goals, whether the goals are made, whether the goals seem like they're attainable to you or not. Make your goals as, as big as possible um, and do one thing a day toward it to get to get to it. And then you, you will have to take your time to do each goal at a time. Mm -hmm. But I do think we should set goals because like I said, life is a journey, and, and within that journey, you should have something that you want to achieve, um, something greater than you. What is it that's greater than you that you want to achieve? And whatever that is, set a goal. Um, and they don't that, want to achieve, they just want to succeed. They just, they just want to uh, survive. Well, if they just want to survive, I mean, then set your goal, set, set a survival goal. <laughs> what, I mean, how are you going to survive day to day? Yeah, I, I believe you have you have to go in with a plan, and a plan is a goal. I mean, right. so you go in with a plan on how are you going to survive tomorrow? What is your plan of execution, and how are you going to execute it? And who do you need to help execute it? Because mm -hmm. we can't think that we can do life by ourselves. Man, I'm just about to ask you that. Do you believe you can do life alone? No, no. I wasn't created to do life alone. I mean, my spirituality goes into that everything was was created in twos. You the created the ants. Ants was the, you got a male and female. You got a male and female giraffe. You got a male and female lion. You got a male. And so no, you were not. They were they they can't reproduce by themselves. So. I'm not trying to reproduce any children, mm -hmm. but but if I want to reproduce my creativity, no doubt. I definitely want to be connected with someone that can help me reproduce my creativity or and to help me to reproduce um, what in, in, in business, reproduce in spiritually, reproduce financially. All of that plays a big part. Um, but no, you can't do life. I, I, I just don't see... No, I just don't see a basketball team is not a basketball team with one person. A football mm -hmm. team is not a football team with one person. I mean, you when you look at TV, it isn't one person running that whole station. You, it takes everybody with their own creativity, their own knowledge and skill set to bring the whole thing into play. Mm. So no, I, I definitely don't want to play alone. What is your um? What would you say to someone who's um needs unpacking? Need to unpack? Yeah. Do it one day at a time. Take one day at a time. Take the take the most take the thing or go at the thing that that is greatly 
hindering you from moving forward. Take care of that first. Mm-hmm. And then once you take care of that, it will it will then create um, and help relieve the other things that may come along or have come along with it. So, um, yeah, just just un- deal with the deal with the thing that's that's the the biggest thing first, and then the other things will other things will definitely if they're connected to that bigger thing, you'll knock all of it out at one time. Mm. So that that's the way. The happiest you ever been? I am, I am, <laughs> I am, because the people who've come into my life have. Um, help enhance the happiness that I had already had. Yeah. You know, I was, I was, I've been genuinely, genuinely happy the past two years, mm. two years, That's good. two years. I've been genuinely happy. Um, and I've been happier. Um, last year, last year was when I went good into year. the happier. Okay. Very good year very good year i I had i had to handle i had to handle some things mentally and i met some people who um allowed me to or not allowed but yeah so they allowed me to really be me and and to allow me to um share all of Mm -hmm. my truth them mm. and then they and they still accept me. Terrier Sheree Morris, that's it, right? Yes, you did. Thank you so much for being here. PNG File Podcast number uno, number one, number one. <laughs> that's a big number. It is. <laughs> I'm good for it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's fair to say that um you're gonna look uh look for more uh. Johnny Prince and Tibia Morris in the future. Um, yeah, we're gonna be doing some big things. Um, possibly a podcast. So y'all stay on the tune and say stay on the lookout for that. But I wanna thank you for being here with me, um, sharing your story and You're welcome, thank you. Helping people really, you know, hope, hope to help people heal. Yes. Absolutely. So thank you very much. You're welcome, thank I appreciate you. Appreciate you. Got you always. All right.